David Bain, David Bain, David Bain, David Bain. Matt Heath on being accused seemed to go into a state of shock. He kept saying, brown hands, I'm being framed. Brown hands. We find the defendant guilty, Your Honour. I want to assure you, I did not make the mystery sound at the Rima Park Lodge. Jeremy Wells is a sociopath who snuck into a snoring Matt Heath's room at the Rimu Park Lodge in the early hours of August 17th, 2016, carrying an iPhone with the intent to cold-bloodedly record and frame his co-host with a mystery lower region sound of his own creation. This is the foundation of Matt Heath's defence. For Matt to be innocent, you must buy that convoluted series of events. But that's not all. The defence requires you to accept Matt remembers nothing at all of the events. This from a police interview with Matt Heath. I blacked out completely and look I had a, a full head of steam up so I don't remember anything at all but it was definitely Jeremy and not me who did it. To many Matt's blackout defence seems a little too convenient but there are other serious problems for the defence. In the last episode we looked at motivation and character in Jeremy and Matt. And again, both pointed firmly to Matt Heath as the perpetrator. However, this week, the defence have released new recorded evidence that they claim will blow the whole case open again. I'm journalist Robin V. Dave, and this is Brown Hands, a podcast about the Rimu Park Lodge mystery sound, a snow crime recorded. Jeremy Wells entered Matt Heath's room in 2016 and recorded him snoring. This is not in dispute. It's this crime, dubbed the Rimu Park Lodge mystery sound, that has been the subject of national debate ever since. Only Matt Heath or Jeremy Wells could have committed the crime. But who was it? Before we deal with the new evidence, let's look at the defence team. The campaign and campaigners of those who look to paint Matt Heath as innocent this from the book Matt vs. the Monster by ex-Blackstick and longtime Matt supporter John Caravan. Once again, we apologise for the poor audio quality. Jeremy totally did it, not Matt. Anyone who thinks it was Matt can get f***ed. Also, the cops framed him for some reason. Wankers! David? Strong words of support. Caravan is unwavering in his support, but when the crime was first discovered, it must have seemed clear even to Caravan that Matt was the perpetrator. That sounds like some snoring, but what's that other noise? That's the bit that um, confuses me. What is, what is that? The... <laughs> what was on the surface a simple case of a sleepy man with a massive head of steam producing a crime after eating a beef and bean nachos at an Ohakuni pub has been muddied by Matt's supporters over the course of time. Every piece of expert evidence put forward by the prosecution has been aggressively attacked no matter how clear. 
We apologise for the poor audio quality. Oh, come on. The police probably planted the mystery sound themselves. I don't have any evidence they did, but they probably did knowing them, which I don't. It's all a conspiracy if you ask me. <coughs> Hello? David? This from media analyst Emily Street. And we apologise for the poor audio quality. A real cult of innocence has built up around Matt Heath. A multimedia movement has created a bias in the mind of the public, and to them evidence doesn't matter. They've been told that Matt is innocent so many times they believe it. And in the sober light of day, over a year after the crime, Matt looks innocent. He looks very different. And many people just don't want to believe Matt produced a sound, and nothing is going to convince them otherwise. In criminal cases, when a prevailing public opinion becomes entrenched, it can be extremely difficult for a jury to look at the facts free from emotion. In the past, opposing sides in such cases have employed novel techniques to change the dial of public opinion. This very thing allegedly happened during the now-forgotten 1994 Every Street case. Supporters of the accused recorded a song in the hopes of gaining mainstream acceptance that he wasn't guilty. The never-released song was allegedly put to the tune of Purple Rain by Prince. What you're about to hear is a recording played for the first time in public. David Bain, David Bain. David Bain, David Bain. David Bain, David Bain. David Bain was found not guilty in a second trial in June 2009. Matt Heath supporters have also employed some novel media-based techniques to change opinion. On the 17th of August 2017, they engaged a major commercial radio station to organise a high-profile return to the scene of the crime at the Rimu Park Lodge. You and a mate will join us on board the Northern Explorer, a great journey of New Zealand from Auckland. You'll be staying at the Rimu Park Lodge. Mount Riopeo have hooked us up with gear and lift passes. Woo-hoo! Hey! 
The trip was described in these terms on Radio Hauraki. The Radio Hauraki snow train is back. And this year, it's going to be bigger than ever. All thanks to Jack Link's Chili Lime. Join us on board the Northern Explorer, a great journey of New Zealand from both Wellington and Auckland. We'll all meet in the middle for a long weekend of action on and off the slopes, thanks to Mount Ruapehu and Rimu Park Lodge. However, it soon became clear the defence was attempting to lay a trap for the prosecution and Jeremy Wells. A trap that would ultimately backfire and once again turn the finger of guilt back towards Matt. This from a police interview with Jeremy Wells. Well, it was weird. Um, we were back in the same lodge, in the same rooms from a year ago when all this started, about 4.30pm Friday the 19th of August. Me, Matt and several members of the Hauraki support crew and about 48 competition winners headed down to the powder keg in Oakuni for dinner. Um, I had the lamb shanks. Matt, like a year before, ordered the beef and bean nachos. I had a few drinks but uh, kept things pretty quiet, really. Did he, though? Jeremy doesn't appear to have been completely honest about how many drinks he consumed that night. This from a police interview with Jeremy Wells' employer, ACC head and Hauraki head Grot Lane. And once again, we apologise for the audio quality. Well, there was a special at the bar, you see, so every time you bought a rum and coke, you went in the drawer to win this pretty average um, snowboard. But... Man, Jeremy, he was he was on a mission to win it. He must have had 30 rum and cokes minimum. He was steamed. Uh, he obviously wasn't the only one because he was buying rums for everyone to try and win this board. So everyone was slamming rum and cokes. Everyone but Matt Heath, uh, funnily enough, he, he went home at 7.30, which was weird because I've never, ever seen him do that before. And it started to raise a lot of suspicions with me anyway. Eyewitness accounts would later confirm that Matt had in fact headed back to the Rimu Park Lodge, arriving between 7.35 and 7.42pm. There he huddled with his defence team in a room directly below that of Jeremy Wells. They had audio equipment ready to record Jeremy on his return. Between 7.55 and 8.03pm, Matt's defence team abandoned Matt and headed back to the pub. Matt remained on his own and was rewarded at 2.30am when Jeremy, a couple of members of the Radio Hauraki support crew, seven winners and Matt's own defence team returned to the lodge now running a massive head of steam and ready to party in Jeremy's upstairs room. Matt was lying in wait below ready to record what he hoped would be incriminating evidence. This from an interrogation of Matt Heath. Yeah, they, um, they came home. They were so steamed. Um, they started jumping up and down and I could hear Grot Lane clapping clapping his hands to some terrible music. Then the uh, Pina Colada song kicked in and um, as you can imagine, I was disgusted. So I jumped on my bed in the dark and uh, pressed the phone to the roof to record what they were, they were doing. Um, I, I just thought, people need to hear what kind of man Jeremy Wells is. Here for the first time is that recording. On the surface, the audio of esteemed Jeremy is damning for the prosecution. But was it so cut and dry? Was a recording of Jeremy and friends dancing and singing the Pina Colada song, the smoking gun Matt Heath, and the defence needed? Did it bear any relation at all to the original Rimu Park Lodge sound? Under closer analysis, Matt's case unravelled. This, from the Matt and Jerry breakfast show the following morning. You had a massive party going on in your room, with the most punishing music. I, look, I have no memory of that. Well, yeah. 
It's just, I mean, like, especially when there's all the accusations of the mystery sound last time, and then we get this damning audio view here. I can't see any. Really? Is there a date with this? Is there a time? I mean, there's no actual time. Uh, I'm not sure. This is not an official recording. Hold on, what was that noise? It was a spectacular own goal. Once again, Matt Heath was prime suspect in a mystery sound. As media analyst Emily Street 68 put it, once again we apologise for the poor audio quality on this recording. The second noise on the second Rumu Park Lodge recording is extraordinary. It's devastating. Imagine if a man who was convicted of a crime in one trial, then found not guilty in another, was then recorded doing the same crime again. Well, that's what happened. Bombshell. Or was it? One thing we do know, like the first Rimu Park Lodge mystery sound, only Matt Heath or Jeremy Wells could have produced the second mystery sound. But who was it? On the next podcast, we look at the key evidence from both sides around the second crime. And we also look at the same old evidence relating to the first crime from several further angles. I look forward to you joining us next time on Brown Hands, two snow crimes recorded. I'm journalist Robin V. Dave, and this is Brown Hands. This is a Radio Horaki and Wounder production for Punisher and Punisher Limited. Oh.